against us, but God said it was inadmissible. Amen. I'm so thankful for that. Let's try this little chorus. There is none like you. I think we've only done it once or twice. <clears throat> there is none like you. No one else can touch my heart like you do. I could search for all eternity long and find there is none like you. There is none like you. No one else can touch my heart like you do. I could search for all streaming. May God richly bless you as well this morning. Bring your mission offering at this time. Let's try rising up. <clears throat> oh, rising up. We're rising up. There's a New Testament church rising up. Oh, rising up. Rising up. There's a New Testament church rising up. Oh, Rising up, rising up, and the new Testament church is rising up, oh, we're rising up, rising up, and the new Testament church is rising up. As I look out across the land, I see God's mighty hand, the bride of Christ adorned in a wedding gown. 
people's hands. Demon spirits were cast out in the jail. They sang and shout while surrounded by God's holy angel band. And if you think it's all long gone, then the miracles are done. Well, I have some good news to bring to you. In the last days, he'll pour out his spirit more and more. Like a mighty eagle, your strength he'll Thank you. 
If you want your family 
always on time because he loves us. Amen. Let's try that little song. Nobody loves me like you love me. Excuse me. Nobody loves me like you love me, Jesus. I stand in all of your amazing ways. I worship you as long as I am breathing. God, you are faithful and true. Nobody loves me like I just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind. Because I know there is peace within your presence. I speak Jesus. Oh, I just want to addiction starts to break, declaring there is hope and there is freedom, I speak Jesus, your name is power, your name is healing, your name is life. Oh 
speak his name everything else will just fall into place no other name is powerful no other name has any meaning in comparison to the name of Jesus amen isn't God so good to us amen I just can never thank him enough for all that he's done and I know I still fall short of thanking him enough amen God is so good to us so so good to us brother Kevin if you go ahead and make your way up here this morning I don't have any Oh, Sister Sharon Rose is flying out of town for business this today, so let's hold her up in prayer, and Lord, give her traveling mercies. Amen. Anybody have an unspoken prayer request? God bless you, saints. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we know that you're in this place, Lord. We have felt your presence, Lord. Oh, God, I believe that your people has come to have church this morning, Lord. Oh, God, you know our needs, Lord. You know our hearts, Lord, this morning, Lord. Oh, God, we thank you for showing up, Lord. Oh, God, you said you'll come, Lord, where we invite you, Lord, to make you welcome this morning, Lord. Oh, God, drop down in our hearts this morning, Lord, like never before, Lord. Come, walk among us this morning, Lord. Oh, God, minister to your people this morning, Lord. I know that you've already have, Lord, but continue to do so, Lord. Oh, God, may we just cry out before you, Lord. May we pull upon the gift this morning, Lord. Oh, God, and you drop down in this place, Lord. Oh, God, and you minister each and every heart this morning, Lord. We thank you for these things, Lord. You see the prayer requests, Lord. You see the hands that was lifted, Lord. You know every need behind the heart, Lord. So I pray, oh, God, you go to each and every one this morning, Lord, and minister to them, Lord, like only you can, Lord. We thank you for this time, Lord. We thank you for this gathering, Lord, this morning, Lord. Oh, God, touch each and every heart, Lord. Touch the song service, Lord. Touch everything that is done in your name, Lord. Oh, God, we speak the name of Jesus this morning because there's power in that name, Lord. As my mind goes back, Lord, when your prophet told, went over there overseas, Lord, and they was talking about that table raised up, and the only thing that would make it go back down is when he said in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Lord. Oh, God, he said it about broke the legs on that table, Lord. So I pray, oh, God, that same Jesus will come this morning, Lord. Oh, God, break the bread of life to us, Lord. Oh, God, speak the hearts this morning, Lord. Do what needs to be done in our lives, Lord. Oh, God, to make us closer to you, Lord. We thank you for this time, Lord. Oh, God, bless your people in the name, Lord Jesus Christ, Lord. I pray, oh, God, as Brother Daniel comes, Lord. Oh, God, you see the, the pain he's, his mouth's in, Lord. I pray, oh, God, you'll touch him in a mighty way, Lord. Oh, God, may the same Jesus is in this place right now minister to him right now. Will he oh, be, oh, be able to speak the bread of life to us, Lord, with no pain, Lord. Oh, God. May it be liberty in this place, Lord. Speak to our hearts, Lord, like never before. We thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's sing a little more of that as we invite our pastor out this morning. Oh, I just want to speak the name of Jesus. Over every heart and every mind Cause I know there is peace within your presence I speak Jesus Oh, I just want to speak the name of Jesus Till every dark addiction starts to break 
Give it up for Jesus this morning. Hallelujah. Your name is power. Above every power. Above every principality. Above, our, above every other anointing that's in this world. There is no power like the power that's in the name of Jesus. A lot of people can do a lot of things in his name, but there's only one that carries his name. Only one that has his name because she has taken on his name by an invisible union. And the union has already taken place. Amen. She has already taken on his name. Yes, We're not going to her marriage, my friend. We're going to a marriage supper. The marriage takes place on the earth. We have already taken on the name of Jesus. Mrs. Jesus Christ. Praise the name of the Lord. Well, some people come to have church this morning. And I come to have church with you. So we'll just bind our licks of fire together this morning. And... Praise the Lord. Proverbs 22. <clears throat> Somebody told me uh, earlier this week, I just can't catch a break. Uh, Monday I had uh, a tooth extracted, and at the same time they put an implant because uh, I'm getting old, my teeth are falling out. And uh, one thing my wife told me a long time ago, she said, you ain't having false teeth. 
And she couldn't do anything about, you know, if the hair fell out. There wasn't nothing she could do about that. She's going to love me anyway. But she said, we, they can do something about the teeth. So at the same time they extracted one, they put an implant right beside the place they took the other one out. And uh, so he told me after I woke up, he said, we had a little trouble getting that tooth out. And what they did, they ripped the side of my mouth. Yeah, uh, I've been dealing with this all week. He tore the side of my mouth right there in the corner of my mouth and bruised me up here on my lip. And um, felt like I'd got in a fight with a vampire <laughs> and lost. And so all week, of course, you know, the stitch has been coming out and bleeding like a stuck hog. And uh, it's a good weight loss program. <laughs> can't, can't chew but on one side. And, and you get tired of chewing on one side, so you just nothing, nothing sounds good. So uh, that's why I wasn't here Wednesday night trying to deal with that. And... It's still painful this morning, and the, still trying to heal over, but we're going to preach the gospel anyway. Amen. We're going to go on with Jesus just the same. Amen. And if he could walk up the Via Dolorosa, then I can certainly stand this morning and give him all that I've got. It may not be much, but it's going to be all I have. Amen. And uh, so we've, uh, we had a good, I say we, I wasn't here yesterday, but uh, those that showed up yesterday, uh, for the work day yesterday, uh, for those that did show up, and I know there was those that had other things to do. I understand that. Everybody can't come at one time. We realize that. Um, and those that wanted to come and couldn't. Uh, but those that did show up, there was a good showing, and a lot of things got done. And Sister Christine and some of the sisters spent from 7 o'clock in the morning till 9 o'clock at night redoing the floor out in the fellowship hall. Um, and so I, I, I asked my wife last night, I said... Uh, I think she needs to be paid for that. And she said she refused any money. She wouldn't take any money, even for the chemicals that was used on the floor. And you got to respect somebody for that. I'm not going to make nobody take no money if they want to give something to the Lord. Because I could, I, we could have paid her, but we couldn't have paid her as well as God can pay her. So I pray God restore her and give her back a hundredfold of what they gave. And every one of you that gave yesterday, may God restore to you what you have given to the Lord. There's one thing about it, if you want to be a good businessman, you want a good business partner, go in business with Jesus. You cannot, you cannot outgive God. People, people want to go in business and become a millionaire. Listen, you're looking at one. <laughs> I ain't talking about my bank account at United Community Bank. I ain't want to talk about Because if you see my bank account and me in the middle of building a house, you, you might take up an offer for me. I'm talking about my Heavenly Father owns it all. And so he'll take care of me because I belong to him. And that's why, you know, the song that our family sang for years, Why Should I Worry? I got a Heavenly Father that looks over me that has called me to this generation, so he's got to take care of me. Uh, so I don't worry about these things. He's got it all in control. And I did want to make mention, I apologize for not mentioning it last Sunday. It just slipped my mind. Uh, I talked to Brother Donnie on Saturday. And Brother Donnie will, will text me from time to time and check on me and see how I'm doing because he knows that after I get out of one thing, I'm riding back in something else. So he said, just, just checking on you, see how you're recuperating. I said, well, I'm coming, coming along fairly well. And I had a schedule on my, uh, on my uh, rehabilitation, just giving him a report. And so I, I try not to let an opportunity pass, but what I ask him about it, Sister Erica, his daughter. Uh, some of you know the situation concerning her. She's been fighting cancer for several years. And, uh, and well, I won't go into any details, but it's, she needs a miracle. 
And so I asked her, and, and he won't give me a whole lot of details because, you know, when you give a lot of details, then, uh, then if you ain't careful, doubt will come in when you plant those kind of seeds. So he just, he did tell me this. He said she's, she's retaining a whole lot of fluid in her body. And it's hard for her to release the fluid. So I said, well, I will definitely bring it to the church and ask the church to remember her. Uh, not just in that, but the whole situation that they're dealing with. And Brother Donnie and Sister Carol and, and her in-laws and Brother Lance's mom and dad and, and the girls, two sets of twins. A lot of things going on in their life as well. So you just hold them up before the Lord in prayer. And I just found out this morning that Brother Paul LaFontaine's oldest uh, was the oldest daughter in the sibling, Sister Sharon. Um, Brother Henry, Henry's wife, as Brother Paul's sister, Sister Sharon Van Wick, Van Wyck, I'm not sure how you pronounce the last name, but anyway, she just found out that she has cancer. Um, so she's already started her chemotherapy uh, treatments. So if you would, just hold her up before the Lord. If you've ever met Sister Sharon, she's got one of the sweetest spirits uh, that you would just ever want to meet. So if you would, just uh, hold her up before the Lord. We know and we can give testimony from this church that cancer is nothing to God. And I like it when, don't take this the wrong way, when people tell me about somebody that's got cancer, then it opens up a door for me to go to give my testimony. Because they've told me twice I had it. And then they've told me twice I didn't have it. <laughs> and I don't want to lose an opportunity to thank him one more time for healing me of cancer. <laughs> Cancer's nothing to God. Praise the Lord. I know you've been standing for a while. Proverbs 22. Most of you know that we're going to be hosting the night of worship, the youth banquet, and that whole weekend here. Just It's just two weeks away, and so a lot of things need to be done. So uh, if you can help in any way, uh, get with Brother Cam or Sister Sharon Rose or one of the deacons uh, and let them know that you have some time that you would like to give um, to, towards that end, there's a lot of things that have been done, uh, a lot of things need to be done, and uh, we want, um, we're not trying to put on airs to try to make this place look any different than we want it to look for ourselves, uh, just make it look good for other people, other visitors that are coming in, but we certainly don't want people that, to think that we worship in a, in a shack. Uh, this is the house of God, it needs to look nice all the time. And uh, so a lot of things that have been done, a lot of things still need to be done uh, before that weekend. So um, we thank God. I, I, I know this for sure. We chose the right people. God led me to the right people to handle this situation because Brother Cam and Sister Sharon are go-getters. I'm here to tell you. And I didn't know they was that talented. I just I had no idea. They, they called a meeting together. They called me, the pastor, in a meeting. <laughs> They called me in a meeting, and then they had everything just laid out. Everybody had a stack of papers, and it was just all professionally done. I was like, wow, yes. wow, we need to hire you guys as church secretaries. I mean, y'all just got everything in order and everything. I mean, they had the, 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 the banquet hall, everything lined up, lined out where the food goes, where people's going to sit, where the preacher's going to sit. They had everything lined up. I mean, I was blown away because uh, I'm the type of person I just, you know, piece it together as we go. And these people, they want it all together, you know, now, so they don't have no surprises down the road. So we thank God for what they have done and what they're going to do and, and all the work. Some of you people will never know the hours that have went in so far just into getting this and wanting it to be right. 
And understand this, as I've said before, this is not entertainment. We are not holding this event for entertainment, not to entertain your flesh. They call it night of worship for a reason. Because we want to prove to the world that there is real worship. My Father seeketh such, those that worship me in spirit and in truth. So you keep that in mind as we approach that weekend coming up very shortly. Proverbs 22.1, I'll read one verse and let you be seated. A good name, this is Solomon writing here, a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches and loving favor rather than silver and gold. May God add his blessings to the reading of his word. You can be seated. Ecclesiastes chapter 7. This is again Solomon writing the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 7. Uh, they've taken down the clock from the big screen. So I can look back there and see the, the Bible verse, but I can't see a clock. And my eyes are just about too bad to see the clock on my iPad. So y'all are in trouble. <laughs> Unless somebody holds up a billboard with the time, I'm not going to really know what it's going to be. So uh, you do know that you, uh, that you operate the gift. So when, you, when you, some of you try to stop pulling right then. So when you stop pulling, then I'll stop preaching. But as long as you're pulling, I'll preach. No service here tonight. We're going to let those that worked all day tomorrow have an evening off and a night of rest. And there's still things that need to be done. Some of them will be doing some things this evening as well. <clears throat> Ecclesiastes 7 verse 1. Again, Solomon writing this book of the Bible as well. He says basically the same thing. A good name is better than precious ointment in the day of death than the day of one's birth. I want to speak to you this morning on what is in a name. Now most of you know that that came from Shakespeare's play, Romeo and Juliet. That if you know the story of Romeo and Juliet, I don't know much about it, but I know enough about it to give you a little bit of background. That the, the saying from that play was, if a rose was called any other name, would it, smell, would it not, not smell just as sweet? If you, if you called a, a lily a rose, would it smell like a rose? No. Just because you change the name of something doesn't mean you change the characteristic of it. So the reason that that was said, that that comment <clears throat> was made, is because Romeo had the wrong last name. And so the fathers did not want their children to get together because he was a Montague and, and he had the wrong last name. And so the, the, the statement was made, if he had another last name, would it change who he is? <clears throat> so what is in a name? Is there, is there something in a name? And yes, there is. Uh, because Jesus himself is Jehovah. Jesus of the new is Jehovah of the old. And God was known by certain names throughout the, all the Old Testament. Certain names at certain times that God chose to reveal himself at a certain incident, at a certain time that Israel or someone in Israel was facing a certain situation and God would come down and reveal himself in a certain name. And that name meant something and it meant what he was going to do at that particular time. It's when, when Abraham was going up to, uh, to offer Isaac as a burnt offering 
And remember that uh, he told his, his servants, the lad and I will return. Remember before they went up to the mountain, they had the wood, they had the fire, they had everything but the sacrifice. And Isaac turns to his father, says, here's the wood, here's the fire, but where's the sacrifice? And, and Abraham said, the Lord will provide. Now, if you go read it now, it's been misquoted for years. The Bible does not say the Lord will provide for himself. The Bible says the Lord, the Lord will provide himself a sacrifice. Go read it and you'll see I'm telling you the truth. Now, I'm talking about reading the King James Version, not these other perversions. Read the King James Version. And it says the Lord will provide himself a sacrifice. And so when God came down just before Abraham plunged the knife into the heart of his son, God stayed his hand and said, now I know that you love me more than anything else. And he heard a, a ram bleeding in the, in, the, in, the, in the thicket there and he turned and when he caught the ram by the horns and he brought him over there and made him the sacrifice, he called that name Jehovah Jireh, which means the Lord will provide which is exactly what God did on Mount Moriah. That was Mount Moriah, the same mountain that Jesus walked up when he carried the cross. <clears throat> Some of you may not be aware of that, but it's the same mountain, Mount Moriah, which later called Mount Calvary. It's the same mountain that Isaac walked up and he was carrying the wood as Jesus carried the wood for his sacrifice. But see, I understand that God could only uh, accept a perfect human sacrifice and Isaac was not perfect so God had to provide a sacrifice because Isaac wasn't perfect Isaac was born by sex desire so God could not accept human sacrifice that's why Jephthah did not offer his daughter as a human sacrifice I don't care what you've heard I don't care what nobody else is preaching Jephthah did not offer his daughter as a burnt sacrifice to God God does not accept human sacrifice I don't care what you vow God don't change his word just for your vow. God will not change his word. For anybody. I don't care. Well, I made a vow, so I got to keep my vow. Well, he won't accept it. Because there was only one that was worthy, according to Revelation 5. There was only one that was worthy. And it wasn't Jephthah's daughter. And it wasn't Isaac. And it wasn't William Branham. And it wasn't you. And it wasn't me. It was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. It was Jesus Christ. He was the only one that was worthy. So as Isaac carried the wood for his sacrifice, so did Jesus become the last Isaac and he carried his wood up the Via Dolorosa up to Mount Calvary, Mount Moriah in the Old Testament. And there God provided himself a sacrifice. Understand now, when Brother Branham says this, it shocked the Christian world when he said the Jehovah of the old was Jesus of the new. These, these things were not known to the modern Christian people at that time. They could not tie the, the pieces together. The pieces of the puzzle didn't match to them at that time until a prophet comes on the scene and tells us that Jehovah, whatever God was in the Old Testament, he fulfilled through Jesus Christ. Because Jesus was more than the man. He was God veiled and manifested in the flesh. The fullness of the Godhead bodily dwelt in the body of Jesus. He was all God and all man. He was the first of many that would come like him. He was the first, first fruits. He was the firstborn among many brethren. 
And if a seed don't go into the ground and abide and die, it abideth alone. So that had to happen. He had to go into the ground. He had to die as a flesh man because it was a man that fell. So a man had to come and redeem the, 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 the fall that man had in the Garden of Eden. That's why that, that Jesus had to come and become that sacrifice for you and I. And so God provided. Now understand that in the Old Testament, the, whatever Jehovah was in the Old Testament, he still is today. Whatever name he manifested himself as in the Old Testament, he still is today. He's still Jehovah Rapha. He's still Jehovah Nissi. He's still Jehovah Ra. He's still Jehovah Rohi. He's still Jehovah Sitkanu. He's still Jehovah Shalom. He's still all of these Jehovahs. Whatever he was, he still is. He's not changed his character. He's not changed his nature. God just put upon himself a name and the name which is above every name is the name of Jesus Christ. See, beforehand he was known as these different Jehovahs. Seven compound redemptive names of Jehovah. And each time God revealed himself in a different way, even though it was the same God. But at different times, people needed different things. They needed different, different, different situations that was going on in their life. So God came and revealed himself under a different name or a different attribute. So that's why it's important what you name your children. It's important who you let your children listen to. Names do carry spirits. Brother Bram said only in this generation could the name Elvis come out. And he said, don't name your child Elvis or Ricky. I'm just telling you what the prophet said. You know, and, 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 and there, was, there was a reason why certain men in the Bible, God changed their name. God was, God was the one that was responsible for changing these men's names. Not men responsible. God was responsible. Because their first name did not identify what needed to be identified in their life. Solomon says a good name is rather to be chosen than silver or gold. What is a name? A name is a reputation. My name necessarily doesn't have to be Daniel Mark Gissonetter. When people say, I've heard of you, what have they heard of? Did they hear of Daniel Gissonetter or did they hear a reputation? When Rahab told the spies, we have heard of you, they heard of a reputation of what God was doing in Israel. Of all the countries and the nations they had destroyed, we have heard your reputation preceded you. Your name or your reputation, that's what a name is. You carry a name, you carry a reputation. If I was to call out certain names this morning, something would pop up in your head of somebody that has made a reputation or made a name for themselves. If I was to call out certain sports figures or Hollywood actors or preachers or whatever the name may be, certain things would pop up in your mind because they have made that kind of a name for themselves. And let me tell you, church, once you've made a name for yourself, it's hard to change that name. Once you've made that kind of reputation, it's hard to change that reputation. Because in the minds of some people, you'll never change it. You'll always be that to some people. That's why it's difficult when a young man is raised in a church and he's raised for, you know, almost from birth up. He's raised and he's running around chasing girls and pulling their pigtails and he's, you know, doing all kinds of things in the parking lot and he's just a young boy. He's, he does what boys do, or at least what they did. I don't know what they do today. They're nuts today. They have lost their ever-loving mind today. 
My mother came and apologized to me later when I was married. And she said, I want to apologize to you. I said, what is it, Mom? She said, I've told people for years that you was my worst child out of six. She said, but compared to what this young generation is doing today, you was an angel. She said, you weren't a bad child. She said, I want you to know that. You weren't a bad child. But y'all knew that. And see, there were things about my other siblings that they didn't know about. <laughs> you know, you can't hide things from your parents. You parents don't ever think that your children ain't hiding something from you. <laughs> no, yours ain't perfect either. Ain't no children perfect. There's, you, some of you older ones know that there's things you did in your childhood your parents don't know to this day and some of them will never know because they're already dead yeah. and they went to their grave not knowing the things you did behind them. I get grinning all over the building there's grinning all over like Cheshire cats just all over the building because you know you think you got away with it you didn't get away with it not just because mom and dad didn't know about it there's an all seeing eye that's watching everything we do Listen to me, young people. Just because you hide it from mom and daddy and mom and daddy don't find out about it, there's one that sees everything. And once you get a name, once you get a reputation, then it's hard to rebuild that or destroy that name or that reputation and rebuild that. It's hard to do. It's difficult. And see, the thing about it is, is once you have a name or have a reputation, in order for you to get a good name or a good reputation, all the former things have to be destroyed. Why do you think God came like he did and done the things through Calvary like he done to erase the sin from our lives so we could start over? Because otherwise he could still hold our previous life against us. But see, now through the blood of the innocent lamb, he can't hold anything on the other side of the blood. He can't hold none of that against us. Isn't it amazing in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, the, 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 the heroes of faith, that all these men and women, their names are called. And I can show you in the Old Testament things they done that were wrong. Things that these people in, in Hebrews 11, Hebrews of faith. Some of you ain't catching it, you're still asleep. Wake up and you slap yourself a few times, wake up. Tell your neighbor to wake up, this is good stuff. I know it's good because I wrote the notes, okay? We need to understand that, that there, there, once, once Jesus shed his blood and, and these, these people on the other side of the blood, when the book of Hebrews was written on the other side of the blood, after the blood was shed, then you don't find out that Abraham lied. You don't find out the bad things that these people done. You don't find out the bad things about Samson. You don't find out the women problem of David. Come on, somebody. By faith this one, and by faith this one, and by faith this one, and by faith. Well, where's all the bad stuff? You can't bring it through the blood. When the writer of the book of Hebrews, we believe to be Paul, when he was inspired of the Holy Ghost to write the Hebrews of faith, he could not bring the previous life through the blood. That old life was dead through the blood. And so none of those things could be written as a hero of faith. And when God writes your testimony, the former life will not be written. 
only the things that are done after you've come through the blood. Not one taskmaster made it through the blood. Not one. And they proved it many years ago when they went into the Red Sea and went to the bottom, sent divers down to the bottom. And I've seen the documentary. I've seen the chariot wheels. The horse and his rider. Hath he, Moses song, song of Moses, go read it. The horse and his rider hath he cast into the sea. Whatever tormented you, whatever habits you had, whatever problems and issues you had on the other side of the blood, that's where they're at, in the Red Sea of Jesus' blood. In the sea of forgetfulness. That God cannot bring those things up against you. I don't care how many people bring it up against you. I don't care how much you bring it up against you. God can't bring it up against you and he's the only one that matters. Other people are not your judge. You're not even your judge. He's the final judge. And if he can't see it, if there's no evidence, then he can't judge you according to what you did prior to the blood. And none of us were perfect. We all had a previous life. We was all born in sin, shaped in iniquity, come forth speaking lies. But we all needed the blood. Can none of you sit here this morning and say, well, I never did that. I never did that. I never committed adultery. I never stole. I never lied. I ne- oh, the fact you was born by sex desire tells me all I need to know. You need to be born again because your first birth is going to send you to hell. Whether you ever smoke, drink, carouse, commit adultery, gamble, do anything what we call wrong, the fact you was born in sin, that's the reason you got to be born again. Because your mom and daddy brought you the wrong way. So you've got to be born again. Young people raised in this message think because they're raised in this message, they're okay. No, you've got to be born again. There were years in my life being raised in this message from the time I was five years of age. It's all I ever knew. There were times in my life I thought, hey, I'm raised in the message. The prophet's voice is going on in my house. My mom and dad played tapes. The Bible was read. We went to church every time the doors was open. Oh, if we didn't feel sick, I mean, if we felt sick and we went and told mom and daddy, it's like going to school. No more than they would let us stay home from school, they certainly would let us stay home from church. Because, you know, kids today, they'll pull the same stuff that they do at school, they try to do the same thing at church. And then as soon as, as soon as, you know, you know they, they convince their, their parents that they're sick, too sick to go to church, then they go in their room and start playing their Xbox. Thank God for this chair. <laughs> oh, me and Jonathan used to try to get out of going to church. We, we, used, to, we used to be like Bonnie and Clyde. Some of you Generation X don't know who Bonnie and Clyde is. Y'all need to Google Bonnie and Clyde. They was gangsters, husband and wife, I think it was. They was working together, armed robbers. Killed people, robbed banks. Me and Jonathan, we would, how, how can we get out of church? And me and my, my dad, my dad suffered horribly with arthritis. And so, uh, my, my, the, the way my parents came up in Pentecost, we were taught against doctors. They were taught against going to doctors for anything. <clears throat> if you had a gaping wound and you was bleeding, 
Well, you know what happened? Because it happened in our home. I'll never forget as long as day I live. You know, and Jonathan's not here to, uh, to correct me because he don't need to correct me because this is the truth and he can back it up. Uh, Jonathan was cutting a piece of string with a butcher knife. And I can still remember watching him do it. And he had the string draped over the blade and he was cutting it this way. The blade this way. And y'all know what happened. He went through the string. Tong. I mean, just cut him wide open right here. And if you, if you ever get close enough to Jonathan, and, and, and don't tell him I told you to do this, but uh, if they listen to this, they'll know anyway. But uh, if you look real close, you'll see right here in Jonathan's forehead between his two eyebrows, you'll see the letter F. <laughs> no, it don't mean fool. It means fortunate that he didn't go in his eye. He's got the letter F. Three different scars of three different incidences that he cut himself in the forehead. And, and instead of my mom taking him to the ER like we do today, you know what happened in our home? My mother kept a medical kit. She didn't call 911. We didn't know the number to 911. Nobody called 911 when you went to that Pentecostal church. If you, if you was in, you know, if, if I was going to the church this past Monday, if I was going to that church back then, instead of going to an oral surgeon and getting my tooth removed, I went to the pastor and he pulled it for me. Y'all think I'm teasing. No, I'm telling you the truth before God. You go to the pastor, and in the name of Jesus, he'd take a set of pliers. And they didn't believe in anesthetic. They believed in prayer. It was quiet in here. How many volunteers we got? You got a bad tooth? Come home with me. I got several sets of pliers. I'll, uh, sets of pliers. I'll let you choose the ones you want me to pull it out with. I got small ones, mediums. I got big ones. I got channel locks. I got vice grips. Sonny, I'll put that vice grips on there. I tighten it down. It ain't coming off. Something's going to give. So you went to the pastor and he pulled your tooth. That's the that's God's truth. So when Jonathan cut his head and blood was pouring everywhere, well, she just cleaned him all up and she pieced it together and she took what we call butterflies. And she held it together and she put butterflies over it and held it together and waited until it healed and then she took them off. And now he's got the scars because, like he does because they didn't put stitches in. And now they don't even have stitches, they got glue. They don't hardly use stitches anymore, they use super glue. So if you want to do that on your own, just go buy some crazy glue. And if you do that, buy crazy glue because you're crazy if you do it. <laughs> we did things... In life that caused us to make a reputation for ourselves. And it started when we started to know better. When we started to know right from wrong. The minute you know you've done something that was wrong, that's when you start being accountable. There's kids today that do things they don't know is wrong. So you can't hold them accountable. You can still correct them, but you can't hold them accountable for knowing right from wrong. But once that individual comes to the place and they've done something and they know they've done it maliciously and they know they shouldn't have done it and then they feel bad about doing it, 
That's when they come to the age of accountability. And then that's when the records start being made and your reputation starts being made. There's even children, because I was one of them, that made a reputation for themselves long before they even knew better about doing things that was wrong. There were people that did not want me to come home with them. There were my family members that did not want me to come home with them because I made a reputation for myself as a three, four, five-year-old. There's some kids you just don't want at your house. <laughs> and you try to be political and polite about it, but some kids you know, they go to hide everything. They're going to beat up on your child. They're going to raid the refrigerator. They're going to throw the toys everywhere all through the house. And if the parents ain't got no more matters of the child, then the parents is going to leave the mess that their child done. Boy, I'm getting where people live right now. Some of you are starting to put things together and adding two plus two coming up with four. That's why I'm not being invited. Yeah, check your children. The children are making your name, making your reputation. We don't want you over here because you're bringing them hellions with you. There used to be two in a church I went to years ago. There used to be two young boys in the church that were mean as snakes. There's people here this morning that know exactly what I'm talking about. Mean as they could be. And so there were brothers at the church that just got aggravated with them. And they wanted to beat all the hide off of them. But being as how it wasn't their youngins, they, they didn't. That I know of. So they, they named them. They named them Seek and Destroy. It's the truth with my hand up. When you see them coming, you better hide. Because they just walk up to you and kick you in the shin for no reason. Anywhere else they could reach. They just, I mean, they're just mean. They made a name for themselves. And it's the same way when you get older, you make a name for yourself. And let me tell you, for 6,000 years, over 6,000 years, God has made a name for himself. I ain't going to keep you long this morning. God has made a name for himself. Can you say amen? God has made a name for himself that he cannot lie. He cannot go back on his word. He does everything he's promised. And yet we still find it hard to believe him. We still find it hard when something happens in our lives, something happens in our home, something happens in our finances, something happens in our marriage, something happens with our kids. We still find it hard to fully believe what God said, even though he's made a name for himself, that he has never lied. He's done everything he's ever promised he would do. He's kept every promise he ever made. Every prophecy has been fulfilled. And yet we still find it hard to believe that he can do what needs to be done in our lives. Isn't that amazing? But yet we find it easy to believe the devil that's lied about everything. When he tells us we have sugar, then we believe him. When he tells us we have high blood pressure, we believe him. When the word says we don't. I'm the Lord thy God that heals you know what that word all means? It means all. Whatever you got this morning, it's all included. But if you believe the lie of the devil, then you can have it. Go ahead and keep it. 
Because you believe the lie of the devil and he says you got high blood, you can't do that. You can't eat that. You've got this. You can't do that. You've got this. No, I don't got nothing but the word. When I was at that alligator camp, some of you know the testimony and some of you don't. When I was at that alligator, hunting alligators down in Florida and I got hungry and they, they, had, they had told me I had gluten, you know, allergy and I couldn't eat anything with gluten and I'm here to tell you that just about the air has gluten in it. Just about everything has gluten in it and for a solid year I had to eat gluten free and if I didn't, I paid for it. So I come to the point, I was down there and I was 45 minutes away from a restaurant. I mean, we was in the swamps of the Everglades of, 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 of Florida. We was b- back where alligators and, and, and snakes and pigs are. And I did not want to make an hour and a half drive to go get me a sandwich. That's hillbilly for sandwich. Sandwich. I hope you brothers that are interpreting got that. Because I don't know what sandwich is in French. But it's sandwich. And I wasn't going to drive an hour and a half to get me a hamburger or a sandwich or something. So I thought, you know, they had food in camp, but I knew it had gluten in it. But I also knew I had the word. Now, I was at a crossroads. You know, when you get hungry, you know, everything looks good. And I had I'd come to the point that I'd waited long enough. I didn't eat no breakfast. And I'd been hunting that morning. And you're talking about hot. I mean, you know, Florida's just about two inches above hell. I said that at a Florida church one time and that was one of the biggest mistakes I've ever made in my ministry. And it was hot and I was sweaty and I probably already had to change clothes two or three times and I was hungry and and, and I thought, you know what? I'm just gonna go ahead and eat this white bread and you know it's got gluten all in it, it's got lard all in it. I was sitting every way but Sunday. Pig fat in it, gluten in it, all kind of stuff in it. And I'm going to eat it because I got the word of God that says he's the healer of all my diseases. And I told the Lord, I said, now I'm going to pray over this. And if I get sick, I get sick, because, but I'm hungry. And to this day, that's been over two years ago. Three maybe at this point. Time has gone by. Not one time have I got sick over gluten. And let me tell you, friend, I, had, I didn't have just gluten uh, allergy. I had a severe gluten allergy. I could look at gluten and throw up. I could eat it in my, in my you know, go to a restaurant. It's really tough at restaurants because uh, uh, the, the severe allergy that I had, it was cross-contamination. If they used the same utensils for something that had gluten, if they used it with something that didn't have gluten, it could be cross-contaminated. And, and the utensils that they used with food that had gluten, it would be cross-contaminated into the food that, that didn't have gluten. And so I had to be real careful and tell the waitresses or waiters, that look, I'm gluten-free, so be, be careful when you go back and tell the cooks or whoever's back there cooking the food that, you know, you got to wash the utensils real clean to make sure everything's clean when they cook my food because if not, I'm going to get sick. And many, many times I did, and my family would watch me. They would literally sit at the dinner table and I would be eating whatever I ordered, try to order something that was gluten-free, and it's all nasty. For some reason, gluten just makes everything taste better. Whatever gluten is, I still ain't even figured out what gluten is. But it makes everything taste a whole lot better. So my, 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 especially my twins, my twins would look at me, and they'd say, how you feeling, Daddy? 
feeling okay? And they will watch my face turn white. Daddy, you okay? Boom, I'd have to hit the bathroom or go outside, find me a place so I could throw up. Because within 15 minutes of eating gluten, I'd get sick. And if you was in my, if you were between me and the bathroom, I'd hurt you in Jesus' name. But to this day, from that sandwich in Florida at Alligator Camp, when I hunt alligator, from this that till then, I have not got sick one time. Because I chose to stand on the word of God that he said I'm the healer of all thy diseases and he done exactly that. And not only that, he healed Sister Tia. She had it for 25 years. And when she showed that picture of Krispy Kremes on Facebook, I told my wife this. I said, I hope she ate the whole box and she did. Because a life without Krispy Kremes just ain't living. <laughs> but see, God's made a name for himself. Brothers, don't mess with the air. This is me. Don't mess with the air. I, we froze people out last time I said something about it being hot. Because these, these sisters in menopause. Leave it alone for them. These brothers that have to go home with them, leave it alone for them. Just let me sweat. Okay? Because I had somebody come to me. Well, you said it was hot. They like to froze us to death. Now, I ain't got no more clothes I can take off. And I'm, if I'm still hot in about 10 minutes, they're going to have to do something. <laughs> Y'all going to have to just wrap up. Let me read you a couple quotes, can I? I'm going to anyway. Now, listen to what he says, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Jireh, message Jehovah Jireh. Now, I wish to continue my text. It was found in Genesis twenty-two fourteen. 14. That's the text I alluded to when, when uh, uh, the, the ram and the bull rushes that was the Lord provided a sacrifice, and he named that place Jehovah Jireh. The text was Jehovah Jireh. Now, God has seven compound redemptive names. Now, in these compound redemptive names, they're compound. Compound means more than one element involved. Compound means before every word is the Jehovah. It's Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Rohi, Jehovah Sitkanu, Jehovah Nissi, Jehovah Shalom. Jehovah, it's all Jehovah. It has to have Jehovah before it to let us know that God's involved with his name. That his name is on the line. And I'm here to tell you, my friend, that he was not only Jehovah Jireh in Genesis 20, 22, he's still Jehovah Jireh this morning. We've all got needs. And I can not only take you to the Old Testament, I can take you to the New. To the new. I'm the Lord thy God that supplies all your need according to my riches and glory. So it's not just Old Testament that God did under these names because whatever God was in the Old, Jesus is in the New. And I'm under the New Covenant. And so whatever He was in the Old, He still is under the New Covenant. Can you say amen? So, so whatever God did in the Old Testament under these seven compound redemptive names, He still is the same God today under those same names. We just happen not to call Him those names. We call Him Jesus. But there's times in my life I need Jehovah Rapha. There's times in my, late, my, in my life I need Jehovah Shalom. I need his peace. There's times I need Jehovah's sit canoe, the Lord our refuge, the Lord our banner. 
There's times I need Jehovah Rohi, the, the God of my way or the God, the, the God my shepherd. Come on, somebody. And he has made this reputation for himself to prove to us, have I ever lied to you? Have I ever told you a lie? Have I ever went back on my word? See, there's a reason why God don't tell you when something's going to happen. Because see, then if we had him bound to a time schedule, then we could tell the future. But see, all we know is God's going to do it. He just didn't tell us when. Huh? He didn't tell Abraham Sarah it's going to be 25 years. He just said you're going to have a son. And they got older. More stoop-shouldered, gray-haired, wrinkled face. Got older, well-stricken in age, the Bible says. But they had a bedroom that was already ready for a little boy. Because they called those things that were not as though they were. Come on, seed of Abraham. God's given us many great and precious promises. And we need, go, we need to go ahead and prepare for them things to happen. We don't know when it's going to happen. Amen. Go ahead and save your children a seat at church. Amen. Save your spouse a seat at church. Amen. Hello, church. Amen. Prepare for their coming into the kingdom of God. Yes, sir. Go ahead and prepare for your healing. Yes, sir. Make preparation before you ever see any effects of it. And paint the room blue because you know by the word of the Lord exactly what's going to happen. You just don't happen to know when. I just know I'm going to take a rapture. So the bride is making herself ready because I don't know when it's going to happen. Even Jesus don't know. But it's going to happen. He says God has seven compound redemptive names. Now in these compound redemptive names, it was God expressing his attitude for all his creatures. What he would be for them in, that, in all generations. You cannot separate his compound name. Now in Washington, D.C., my name is recorded. What, what nationality I am, uh, who my father and mother was, uh, how much I weighed when I was born, my description, my prints, my thumb. You see, it's the expression to the nation who I am. William Branham is recorded up there in Washington. That's the expression of me to the nation. That is my name. So when God come down from heaven to be king over the earth, he expressed himself to his subjects in seven compound redemptive names. Jehovah Jireh was his first name. It means God will provide himself a sacrifice. And he's still the God of provision. Bring me a cake and a drink of water. For thus saith the Lord, You'll have oil and you'll have meal. He's still Jehovah Jireh. And however long the time was left in the famine, she never, the oil crews never run dry and the flour never went empty because he's still Jehovah Jireh. Listen, and we read these things in the Bible and think, yeah, God could do that back then. Then you make him a historical God. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's not good enough for me to serve a historical God. I'm not a Buddhist. I'm not one of these nationalities that can show show the tomb of their leader. 
not an empty tomb. They can show the tomb that's still closed. They serve a historical God. These men, these Muhammad and Buddha and all these men, they lived, but they died. And they're still dead. My God lived and he died, but he's not dead anymore. So his name was an expression. When Abraham needed strength to have a child, because he's getting to be 100 years old, in Genesis 17, God comes down in the form of El Shaddai, which means the breasted God. The God that can nurse to Abraham the strength that he needs for a body change. And he still has Shaddai today because we're going to need strength for a body change. As their body was changed, see, that's the unwritten part. That's the part that's written between the lines that the world don't know anything about. But then when you explain, ask them to explain how this man, Abimelech, could fall in love with a 90-year-old woman. My mother just turned 90. I don't, I don't hear of men knocking on my mama's door asking for a date. Hello, my mother's past that time. She's past those years. She's 90. But see, you have to understand, something had happened. In years, she might have been 90, but she didn't look 90. Because otherwise, you find a man fall in love with that 90-year-old woman that looked 90, then he needs to be in Bellevue. That's the, that's the part that's written between the lines, how he could fall in love with her. And God came down and said, you're as good as a dead man. Because I've got a word over them that's got to come to pass through her womb. So God could not allow false seed to impregnate her. Why do you think God protected you out there? He told every Abimelech that you come in contact with, don't touch that womb. Oh, they'll drink, they'll smoke, they'll gamble, they'll carouse, they'll do all kinds of things, but don't you touch that soul. That soul belongs to me. Even when you wasn't even thinking about God, you wasn't seeking after God, you didn't care nothing about church, God living right, you was doing your thing, you thought. God was still telling Abimelech, you leave that womb alone. Leave that soul alone. I put a predestinated seed in there that I'm looking over, that I'm protecting. That's why you're here today because God protected the seed. God protected the womb while you was in the world. God was looking over you then. He didn't just start all of a sudden when you come to the message. He walked you through life. He walked you through elementary school. He walked you through high school. He walked you through college. He walked you through every denomination. He walked you all the way to where you are this morning. He said he, exp- I gotta, cl- I gotta quit. Man, I can't, honestly, I'm trying to read that clock. I'm have to make it bigger because they just, there ain't no clock back there. And y'all are still pulling, so I guess it ain't time to quit. He says he expressed himself to his subjects in seven compound redemptive names. 
Jehovah Jireh was his first name. It means God will provide himself a sacrifice. The next compound redemptive name is Jehovah Rapha, meaning I, the Lord, I'm the Lord that healeth thee. And on he goes, a Jehovah, our banner, our peace, our shield, our righteousness. That what, that's what he is to us. And I don't have time this morning to go through all seven. Maybe I'll, I'll continue this series on on Sunday mornings. The seven compound and go through each and every one. And when you need that particular one, he is still here in that form. We don't need, we don't need God in certain forms at all times. But certain times in our life, we need certain forms of God. We need him to identify himself in a certain way at certain times in our life. When we're hitting financial trouble, we need him to be our provider. Amen. When we're hitting physical problems, we need him to be our healer. Amen. When we've got the onslaught of hell coming against us, we need him to be our refuge. When depression is coming in like a flood, we need him to be our peace. Come on, somebody. Now, I realize that everybody don't deal with the same things. But whatever you are dealing with, God's got the answer. In one of those seven names, he's got the answer for your problem. You just got to pull out of him that attribute and say, you was Jehovah Nisi to them, you was Jehovah Sikhanu to them, you was Jehovah Rapha to them, you was Jehovah Shama to them. Be that to me. If Jehovah of the, of the old is indeed Jesus of the new, then be that to me. Let your reputation precede yourself and be that to me. He said that's God's attitude toward his people. It's how he expresses his name. And now it's not just one name that God has come in. It's all seven is identified in one man. All seven is now in one man called Jesus. Now you have to understand where to look for Jesus. You have to understand where he's at. In order to get what you need to pull out of him. See, when you come to church and you're looking just to hear something from a man, you're not pulling from Jesus. But when you realize that the man has got a gift, that the gift was not for him but was for you, and you come with the mindset and the attitude of expectation, I'm going to hear from God. God is going to speak to me. God knows my need. Brother Daniel don't have to know my need because if he's got the word, the word will discern the thoughts and intents of my heart. So God knows every need that's in this building. He don't have to tell me who it's for. That's his business. That's my business just to preach it. Just to be a channel. Just to be a conduit. So you can come and be ministered to by him. Because see, I can't bring you in my office and minister to each one individually. I don't have time. I don't have the strength. I don't have the energy. But I can preach one service and God can orchestrate one service and touch everybody that's expecting. Notice what I said there. Not touch everybody, but touch everybody that's expecting. If you just came to church just to have something to do on Sunday mornings to try to escape hell, you might as well stay at home and watch football. Or whatever's on today. Amen. If you think, if you think, I'm closing. If I get out of this chair and don't get too comfortable, maybe I'll close quicker. 
my knees start hurting and I'll shut up. People think and get in their mind because they go through certain motions or do certain things are good to people. Or sing a gospel song. That they've made it. They're okay. Can I tell you a really, really sad story that I seen yesterday? I know I don't have time to finish this, but if God tarries, we'll have another service. I can't preach everything I know in one service. I watched a special, a Bill Gaither special yesterday. Produced and published by Bill Gaither. I didn't even know who it was about, who it was going to be about. I just seen it at Gaither Production. And I thought, well, it's going to be singing, so I want to hear some singing. Because singing changes the atmosphere and gets you in a better mood. And I like to listen to the right kind of music. And just because it says Gaither ain't always the right kind of music. Anyway, I ain't here to John on Bill Gaither. But anyway, so I didn't have no idea what it, who was going to be singing, how long you know, ago it was produced, or who it was going to be about. I had no idea. Well, all of a sudden, the opening credits start showing. And it's, it's um, uh, I'll get the word in a minute. The person that talks about it. Narrated, thank you. Narrated by C.C. Winans. And when it come on and it showed the picture of the individual, it was Whitney Houston. And I don't know, I, don't, I know very little about Whitney Houston. It just wasn't my style of music. I, I just, just wasn't my style. Even when I didn't listen to all Christian music, that wasn't my style. Had nothing to do with the color of her skin. It just wasn't my style, um, and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't realize where they was going to go with this documentary on Whitney Houston. They talked about how she was raised in the Baptist church and how she got her first start singing at five years of age in the Baptist church, and she still remembered her first song in the Baptist church, and her mother sung and her brother sung, and they sung together and going. And they're bringing, and they're not bringing anything about all the other junk. They're not bringing anything about the drugs and about the multi-marriages and about the you know, infidelity. They're not bringing all that stuff out. They're bringing only the gospel part out. The times she talked about Jesus. The times she sang, Jesus loves me. The times she sang, I go to the rock. And they're putting this woman, now I'm not her judge, but we do know how she lived in front of the, in front of the public. Y'all quiet. Some of you think I'm playing the race card. You need to get saved. Amen. Look around you and see if I play the race card. Amen. That's garbage out of hell. Amen. I don't care what color they are. If it's wrong, it's wrong. It needs to be called out as wrong. Amen. Elvis was white and I burned his hide to no, to no end. I did the same thing when they did a production on Elvis. I said the same thing about him. He's white as a loaf of white bread. So I began to watch these people, and it was B.B. Winans and C.C. Winans and, and different ones that was a part of her life and, and, and all the times that even in her concerts, which I had no idea what she sang about and it's very few songs that I even relate to her or what she sang. I don't even know the song she sang as pop music. I don't even know because I didn't follow her. So, but what she would do during her concerts and even some venues that she would go to, they would tell her, now when you come to this venue, you cannot sing a gospel song. And she would tell them, my concert is not complete without a gospel song. And so that what they was doing is they was majoring on the fact 
that she wanted to give Jesus just a little bit of spotlight. They wanted to give, she wanted to give Jesus one song and the other 90 minutes give it to the devil. And then because she did that and because she, you know, when she was at home and, and went back to her home church and sang gospel music, then all of a sudden they wanted to put her, and they did, they put her on the streets of glory. They put her before the throne, singing before the Father. Now that ain't even happening right now, in case you didn't know. <laughs> but that's how, it shows you how ignorant some people can be in, in their knowledge of the word. But, and, and, and I'm thinking now, now here's what's sad in the message. Because people go to church, because people can quote Brother Branham, and because people go through the motions, Elvis was a very religious man. And, and from what this documentary said, so was Whitney Houston, which, I, like I said, I didn't follow it and didn't know anything about her. Uh, the people that knew her, and, and, and she sang songs many times and called C.C. Winans on stage, and C.C. Winans is a gospel singer, beautiful voice. Uh, she sings the song that is, on, that is my, my ringtone that Sister Frankie sings, beautiful song. Um, and, and she sang back in the 80s with her brother B.B. And uh, just beautiful family harmony, just beautiful. And uh, so we talked about the times when Whitney would call her on stage and sing a duet with C.C. Winans and only show about the times that it was that little spotlight they give Jesus. Now, so that's all you've got to do. All the rest of this garbage and mess and filth and gom don't matter. If you just give Jesus just a little bit of spotlight. Whoever's sitting down on me, you better stop it or I'm going to call your name. Stop sitting down on me. You get mad. I had somebody walk out on me because I did that to Michael Jackson saying he was not the king. There was only one king. Amen. Elvis was not the king. There's only one king. I, I had a colored couple get up in church and walk out on me and never darken them doors again because I called, called Michael Jackson out. And I was thanking Jesus they left. Because if some of you was here that back then and you would have seen what that woman wore to this church. I was glad they left. I was glad God led me to talk about Michael Jackson. Because some of you seen her come up here and bring the mission offering. And the brothers are going, God have mercy. I'm talking about mini skirts that left little to the imagination. And then the, 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 I guess it was the husband or the live-in, whoever it was, I don't know. While I'm preaching, I said something he liked. He come up here and laid a $20 bill on the altar. <laughs> Evidently, that's what color churches do now is, is when you like something that's said, then you walk up to the altar and you lay money down. Got a couple boxes of Kleenex. That's what some of you's gonna need when you go home. <laughs> and if you do it, or if you bring your money at the, to the right church, if you go to Brother Dollar's church, I'm, I'm sorry. If I was gonna go to church, I, I don't think I'd go to a Pastor Dollar. His name is going to give him a reputation of what he's after. 
And so they, the, there was three steps, and it was just covered in money. <laughs> and I'm not even joking. I'm telling you, you couldn't even see the carpet hardly. It was just covered in money. And so Leroy, uh, uh, what's his last name? Leroy something. He was preaching for Creflo Dollar in, in Atlanta. I'll get his last name in a minute. His name's Leroy something. He goes down and he starts walking on this money. Starts dancing on this money. He said, I'm going to give some of this anointing on this money. He said, if you didn't bring no money up here, you ain't got no anointing. Your money is not. You ought to see them people get up out of their seat and start running to that altar. Throwing their money down, trying to get it under his feet. And then Creflo joined him. And now both of them are dancing, trying to give their anointing on this music. I mean, on this money. You want your, you want your money anointed? I'm going to give some anointing on this music, on this money. I'm going to anoint this money. You want your money anointed? Get it up here so I can anoint it. So when I said that Michael Jackson was not the king, I got up and left. And I just said it out loud, obviously, but in my heart, I said, thank you, Lord. Because I didn't know how I was going to get rid of him because the attire was not getting any better. And so when I watched this yesterday on Whitney Houston, now I'm not her judge, but I know what she portrayed to a world. And just because you give Jesus a little spotlight, and just because Elvis sang how great thou art and he touched me. Oh, but see, the night before in the honky-tonk, he was singing Jailhouse Rock and Hound Dog and everything else. And Sunday morning, he sings how great thou art, then they want to put him in heaven. Listen, if, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I don't care how much you're doing on the exterior. If your soul is not sealed with the baptism of the Holy Ghost through the blood of Jesus Christ, you are on your way to a devil's hell. And I sat there in amazement through this whole entire thing that they're putting this woman into heaven. Now I said, I'm not her judge, but I'm thinking, my, what about all the other stuff? You're not bringing that into play? What kind of message are you sending to people? That all you do is got to give Jesus just a little bit of credit. Give him a little bit of spotlight. Give him one song. Give him one Sunday a month. Every now and then you might give him a $20 bill. But what are you spending your other money for? You're going to give an account for the deeds done in your flesh one day. Everything you've done on this earth, you're going to stand before God and give an account. And he will tell them, depart from me. I never knew you. I never had a relationship with you. And then, then what they want to do is they want to take the thief on the cross. And they want to pervert that happening into letting anybody in through the way of the thief of the cross. There was only one thief on the cross. And that was not God's provided way. But that was God's way for him. Because Jesus hadn't died yet, so there was no blood sacrifice yet. So he said, today you'll be with me in paradise. But that's not God's way today. You ain't getting in like the thief did. Because the, 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 the man that had the keys to the kingdom said, you got to repent and you got to be baptized and then 
you can go into the kingdom. And then actually on that video, they brought in the thief on the cross. And I thought, how sad that you've got to identify her with the thief. I don't want to be identified as a thief. I want to be identified as a person that has a reputation. The thief's only reputation was, we always still call him a thief. That was his still his identity on the cross. We still call him a thief. Because he didn't have time to change his reputation. He didn't have, to have time to change his name. I don't want to be the thief on the cross. I want to be a man that my, my name, my reputation precedes me as a man of God. As a man that's in touch with God. As a man that lives for God. As a man that walks with God. Not just every now and then, not just on Sunday mornings, not just give a little bit to the poor, not just to put a $1 bill in the offering basket. But I'm required to do everything that God requires of me, to obey everything He tells of me to, to do. To obey. Full obedience entitles me to the token. Without full obedience, you're not going to be there. And repentance is still obedience. Baptism is still obedience. Hello? And then people want to ask the question, can you get in without a, a baptism? Listen, I'll deal with that when I come to it. But those of you that have time to be baptized, you better get in the water. I want my reputation to precede me. When I come up to somebody and say, I want to introduce brother so-and-so, this is brother so-and-so, I want them, them to say, oh, I, I've heard a lot about you. Now, we don't know what they've heard. Because we, we really don't know who likes us and who don't. And you might as well be honest with me. Well, there's people that call you friend, but that, that don't mean they're your friends. I got 682 on, on Facebook, but they ain't all my friends. Some of them I don't even know. How can you be friends with somebody you don't even know? You just clicked accept because you want to say, you all got 1,472 friends on Facebook. You're a liar. I don't even know 1,472 people. But it becomes a social status. I've got this many followers on Instagram. I don't even do Instagram. I have the app on my phone, but I don't even do it. And every, every day I get this, this notification. I need to turn the crazy thing off because it drives me nuts. I get notifications almost, almost every day. You've got three new followers. I don't want people to follow me. But isn't it amazing that all these, these famous celebrities on these social platforms have tens of thousands of followers and how many are following Jesus? They'll know everything about him, everything that he's posted or she, all the latest information about their life and won't open a Bible. Start reading, the Bible, start reading the scripture. They're like, I didn't know that was in there. Well, get your nose out of social media and put it in the Bible. Yeah. Woo. Boy, I wasn't far from one o'clock. And I wasn't trying to reach one o'clock either. God is good. And all the time. Give me one more hand clap of praise this morning from your heart. Hallelujah.
Thank you, Jesus, for allowing me the strength one more time to preach your word. One more time. You know, I hurt I, my jaw. My, I got a, still got a knot on the side of my jaw where they put the implant. They drill down in your jawbone. They put the implant. And it wouldn't have been so bad had it not been right beside the one they pulled out and had broken pieces. And they had to dig it all out and tear my jaw apart and everything else they done. All the way to church, man, it's just aching and aching. I text the deacons. I told them to say a little prayer for me because I was hurting. But I knew in the back part of this peanut brain, I knew once I got under that anointing. And I'm going to tell you, under this anointing, no pain. No pain. I think it's C. I'm going to jump ship, jump ship from G for just a minute. Oh, he brought me out from the miry clay. He set my feet on the rock to stay. He puts a song in my soul today, a song of praise. Hallelujah. My heart was distressed, need Jehovah's dread frown, and low in the pit. Where my sins dragged me down I cried to the Lord From the deep miry clay Oh, sing it now He brought me out
Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, just, just another testimony to build your faith. Uh, when I'm preaching and God puts something in my spirit to say, I just say it, not knowing who it's for, not knowing what happened before church, what happened yesterday or last week. It's just the ministry that God has given me. I can't help it. It's just the way that I've been doing for 20-some years. And this morning, I made a comment that you save a seat beside you for your loved one. I mean, you remember that? Well, before service this morning, Sister Sean looked beside her and said, That's my son's seat. Out of the mouth of two or more witnesses, let every word be established. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, he brought me out of the miry clay. He set my feet on the rock. song we just sang you know where would we be if he hadn't brought us out amen shudder to think about it we'll sing that little song before we go key of d if not for grace where would i be god only knows i'm glad he sees through eyes of love oh hopeless Grace, how sweet the 
can remember, there's the bridal shower for Sister Ashley uh, in the fellowship hall this afternoon. Um, so, brothers, you're on your own today. Amen. Um, once again, as Pastor said, thank everybody who came out yesterday. I know some contacted me, wanted to be here, and couldn't. And God certainly knows. So thank you everyone who came. We got so much accomplished yesterday. There's only a few things left here at the church. Um, some point later on this weekend, uh, Thursday through Saturday, somewhere there will be hanging uh, four TVs. So if anybody wants to come help me hang TVs, just uh, let me know, and I'll let you know when we'll be here doing that. Um, amen. God's so good to us. Let's do that um, goodness of God, the chorus. All my life you have been faithful All my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am able I will sing of the goodness 